Hello everyone, I'm Becca, dietitian by trade, mom 24-7, wife from the start, and when there's a few extra hours in the day, you might find me hitting the trails or on horseback. And I'm Kara, a therapist to women, a mom to a boy, an entrepreneur, mountain junkie, and a postpartum runner. And this is Fit for a Queen, a podcast that's devoted to the female athlete wanting to balance the teeter-totter of all the things we desire out of life as women. Performance, health, intellect, and taking time for self, even if we only get one minute out of the day. We're so excited to be bringing you the queens in the athletic world who have done just that. Okay, ladies, take a seat at your thrones, grab your crowns, and welcome to Fit for a Queen. Well, Queens, we have Dr. Carolyn Silby today here. She's a PhD and holds a doctorate and master degree of sports psychology from University of Virginia. She's a nationally recognized expert on the development of elite athletes, author of Games Girls Play, which I highly recommend, um, which is understanding and guiding young female athletes. She's a contributing author to Sports Secrets and Spirit Stuff and The Female Athlete and Just Relieved a Smart Girl's Guide, Sport and Fitness, How to Use Your Body and Mind to Play and Feel Your Best from the American Girl. So anybody that has little girls, they'll love to have that book. Dr. Silby spent 12 years as adjunct faculty at American University and continues to serve as a consultant to their sport teams. She's worked on an individual basis with two Olympic gold medalists, over 20 Olympians, two Paralympian gold medalists, four world champions, 15 national champions, dozens of professional dancers, and hundreds of national team members and Division One student athletes team and their coaches. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> as an elite athlete, Dr. Selby was a member of the National Figure Skating Team. She later served on the U.S. Figure Skating Association Board of Directors, Athlete Advisory Council, and Sports Medicine Committee. Dr. Selby was appointed to the U.S. Olympic Committee, Athlete Advisory Council, Collegiate Sport Council, and Finance Committee. And currently, she serves on the Sports Medicine Committee for the United States Figure Skating Association, as well as the Professional Skaters Association, and member of the Medical Advisory Board for American Ballet Theater. Formerly, she served as president of the board of the Southwest Women's Law Center and education committee for the Georgia O'Keeffe Museum. Dr. Sylvia has served as a spokesperson and consultant to the American Girl Company and is completing her second book with the company. She's a speaker for the U.S. Department of State Sport United Program and has been a contributing writer to Sports Illustrated, Point Magazine, Cheer Professional, and is an expert advisor to Faith Popcorn's Brain Reserve Center for Sport Parodying and Title IX Sports. In her role as a featured speaker for Sports United, a U.S. Department of State program, Dr. Silby has worked with basketball, tennis, and soccer athletes and coaches from Morocco, Swaziland, Australia, Iraq, Saudi Arabia, and Colombia. Dr. Silby is also a curriculum creator for Winning Play, a financial education program for high school students focusing on the psychological, emotional, and behavioral aspects of money. The program won the U.S. Department of Education's Excellence in Economic Education Award in 2010. She also serves on the advisory board 
for Fab Lab, a Fox television series aimed at encouraging girls to become engaged in the fields of science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. Dr. Silby is a sought-after expert and has appeared on numerous radio and television programs, including The Oprah Winfrey Show, CNN, True Television, ABC Wild World of Sports, Oxygen Television, NPR, and The Mitch Album Show. She resides in Annapolis, Maryland, where she has active national practice. Ooh, you're Ooh, quite a lady. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if anyone else, but I probably need a sports psychologist because it makes me so uncomfortable hearing my bio. <laughs> oh, so impressive. Thanks for being on. <laughs> no, thank you. I've become a, a real fan of your guys' podcast, so I'm oh, honored thank to, you. to oh, that you guys included that. me on your, on your interviews. Well, and likewise, and we, one of the reasons I reached out to you was um, reading the female athlete, and I think your book was mentioned in there, The Games Girls Play, and I've stepped into a new realm of life as now a mom and a coach, and I'm like, man, I have the chance to do things a little bit differently now as a mom, and it was really um, very helpful looking at all the different perspectives. So tell us about what inspired you to write that book. Sure. So, um, Game Girls Play really um, came out of my own work, um, kind of in the early stages, actually, of my career. There was this explosion of women competing um, at very high levels. And so, um, back uh, in the 2000s, um, you know, women started competing at the Olympic Games in record numbers. But there just also seemed to be such a lack of information in terms of how we could best meet the needs of female athletes and that they had some some special needs that I was seeing in terms of how they were experiencing adolescence and then how that impacted uh, their ability to uh, meet their goals in their sport achievement and also kind of enjoy that sport experience and feel empowered by it. Um, and it's kind of an interesting thing. I had a client who happened to be represented, uh, her agent, he was at the William Morris Agency, and one of the people on her account um, happened to work in the book division. And so we were just having lunch talking about this client and they said, the two agents said to me, well, what do you want to do with your career? And I said, oh, well, here's this explosion of what I just said to you. Mm-hmm. And they said, well, that sounds like a great book. Would, <laughs> you know, would you want us to work on that? And I said, wow, you know, things in life sometimes just do really happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and so that, that was what came of uh, how Games Girls Play kind of came about. Yeah. What are some of the biggest take-homes that parents, coaches, and other young female athletes can learn from that you kind of talk and write about in the book? Well, you know, my in terms of the goals and objectives for my work with athletes, it's always uh, first and foremost to try to help uh, frame the sport, sport experience for families so that um, the sport experience is seen and, and used to really help develop young girls and young boys um, into healthy, happy, and empowered adults. Um, but our objective along with that is also to align sport performance with capability. So I'd say probably 90% of the people that are seeking out sports psychology services or work with me specifically would are, are coming because there's a gap between what they're able to do on a daily basis and what they 
put out in critical moments. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that gap not only is frustrating, um, but it impacts the enjoyment of their sport experience. Um, so we're trying to look at strategies to align performance with capability. Mm-hmm. But we always have to know that first and foremost, the job really is to make sure that they're having a healthy, happy, and empowered sport experience. Yeah, I know some personal, so as I'm reading it, it's funny, I would always go out and shoot around with my daughter and be like, okay, Maddie, you need to try to do this, you need to try to do that. And then I hit that chapter where it said, as a parent, you need to kind of take the back seat and empower them to kind of self-correct and be more mindful. And one day I just kind of sat back and she looked at me. She goes, I know what I did, mommy. I had I had yeah. the chicken elbow. And I'm like, okay, there she goes. She's figuring it out. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. And sometimes, you know, I have two daughters as, as well, a, a 15-year-old and an 11-year-old. And um, kind of what I can get away with in terms of what I'm able to say to them versus what I'm able to say with clients is very different. (laughs) Um, And I always call it with my own kids, I call it my performance minute because I literally feel like I have a minute, um, you know, to, um, to be able to kind of frame things out before I lose their, um, I lose their attention. Um, But uh, yeah, so I think it's, um, it's interesting to, to different ways in which you can communicate with your kids to be able to empower them and allow them to really drive and control their sport experiences and, and their achievement. Um, it's um, it's an it's an interesting process to, to undergo. Mm-hmm. I bet so. And do yourself were are an athlete. How has um, your career as an athlete shaped you into the clinician you are today? Yeah, well, it, it was pretty much the driving force. I mean, when I was um, when I was a teenager, you know, I would say that I was on the national team as a as a figure skater. I had moved away from home to train. I felt an incredible amount of stress and pressure through that process, I also happened to have really inconsistent performance levels. And Mm -hmm. so it turned out that there was this whole field out there called, you know, sports psychology that could (laughs) help you align performance with capability. So I said, sign me up for that. Um, And so I guess you could say my career kind of culminated when I competed in the Olympic trials. And since nobody who's listening to this has ever heard of me before today, (laughs) you can guess how that turned out. I didn't make the team. But not making the team really did honestly set the stage for what would come next because I felt like when I was ready to stop competing and kind of go on and go to college and I thought, well, I want to be able to do something that makes use of kind of the lessons that I learned. And it seems like I spent all of these years kind of so committed and so devoted to the sport. How can I make use of that in a broader way? Mm -hmm. Um, And it was sport psychology. And um, it's just been, for me, such a, a love and such um, a passion. And having my own kids, I can really also see that it really does take a village. I mean, kids get to a point where, you know, somebody outside of the immediate family seeing their strengths um, and being able to kind of highlight what some of their own personal strengths are and how they're using those to create their own athletic success that can be incredibly and profoundly powerful um, for young people. Yeah. How do you walk? I hope I hope I serve that role. (laughs) How do you walk that line of, 
teaching your young female athlete or athlete in general to have a good work ethic, but not push them or drive them too far? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, so many high achieving uh, athletes, um, as you know, I'm assuming your audience, all of us kind of have had that consistent theme through our life of sport mm-hmm. um, and performance. And so I think we're all familiar that, you know, to get really good at at a sport, it does require a certain level of commitment and persistence and tenacity and sometimes, you know, an ability to set really high goals. And so that can kind of turn into perfectionism. And we see a lot of elite athletes who definitely are perfectionists. And so the problem that you have to be aware of is that you know, anything, any of those qualities taken in the extreme are going to interfere with performance. Um, And so there has to be a balance and there have to be boundaries. And so, you know, it's it's great to set high goals and to go after them. Um, It's also great to look at what you didn't do in terms if you failed to meet that expectation to be able to really in a factual way look at that it's not okay to turn on yourself and beat yourself up because you didn't, you know, achieve that expectation. And so there has to be a boundary and there has to be some psychoeducation in terms of talking with young people kind of about, you know, yes, in terms of we have to identify the qualities that allow them to be successful, but them also gaining an understanding that some of those qualities, um, they have to be able to to have some balance and not allow them to be taken into the extreme where they would then disrupt performance. Great. Thank you. Um, So I want to hear more about these books with American Girl, again, having a daughter. Kara's got a son, but maybe they'll have some American boys at some point. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. It's such a terrific company. They really work hard to make sure that um, they help young girls to, um, to have, um, to have role models and empowering messages and for them also to really be able to, um, to be able to manage some of their self-talk and the way they approach their endeavors in a way that can really move them forward and, and help them be resilient in the long run. And so it's a, it's a terrific company. And this, um, this book was an update to one of their first sports books, which was called Good Sports. And um, Therese Maring wrote it, um, and I'm the, you know, assistant author with Car- Therese Maring with Caroline Sylvia. And we're just really proud of the book. And it's a, you guys would really like it because it's your fit kind of philosophy, okay. you know, but for kids. <laughs> yeah, Perfect. I mean, you know, it really highlights that where it talks about performance and it talks about taking care of your body and it talks about your nutrition mm-hmm. um, and time for yourself and how you communicate. And um, and so it's, um, it is, it's your philosophy, but geared towards kids. Um, so it's an exciting project and yeah, and I hope people go check it out. Yeah, that sounds... Uh, I'll definitely have yeah. to. Uh-huh. <laughs> we get the catalogs at least every uh, two months. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. we hide it from our daughter. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> you American Girl doll growing up? I had Samantha. Samantha was mine. I'm older than you. We didn't. I don't think I had American yeah. Girl dolls. <laughs> 
they were around. I had a lot yet. of them around my house. Yeah, my I bet so. Those younger years, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I yeah. love that, and that's one of the things that we hope to do. Was not only a lot of times it sounds like we're speaking to the audience around our age, but we hope to have this fit philosophy start from the ground up with children as, you know, mothers instilling that Mm -hmm. and being able to keep them from some of the, you know, sports anxiety or eating disorders or, you know, body image concerns. I think that's... Well, you guys guys see it in your work, that kind of comprehensive approach. You know, we Mm -hmm. so often are operating in these silos, you know, go to the physician because you're injured, you know, see the orthopedist because you're you're injured, Um, you know, go see the nutritionist because you you need to, um, to get healthier eating habits. But to be able to kind of have things for kids where you show that, well, wait a second, these all interact Mm -hmm. um, and overlap and, you know, one can impact the other. And, um, and I think it can be really, really empowering. I was just going to say that, um, you know, you see these personality traits in your kiddos and, you know, (laughs) Becca and me, we, we know more than we should, but it is, it's like, how do we role model that balance? Because we see some of those traits that, are going to serve them very well, but can drive them in the wrong direction, too, if it gets too much. No, completely. And I just, you know, having as many um, resources available, and I love, you know, one of the reasons why I love your guys' podcast is because it just, it brings this community of, of people, and specifically women, together who who are out there doing these things, right, mm-hmm. and kind of promoting these messages. And um, there's so there's so much overlap. We all may come from from different backgrounds, you know, and experiences, and maybe are applying our our work in different ways. But it's really just been been empowering for me personally just to listen to some of the other women on your show mm-hmm. um, and you guys too. You know, just in terms of the work that you do, they're they're certainly good reminders you know, for all of us. Um, so yeah. So thank you guys. And well, thank you. And that's a good lead in for our last (laughs) question. You know, we ask all of our interviewees how they live out the fit philosophy of balancing performance, health, intellect, and taking the time for self, especially as, um, a mom with some kids that are probably busy themselves. So how do you find the balance out there yourself? Oh my goodness! I think I'm much better at helping other people do it. Right, but um, but uh, so I guess a couple of things. I mean, I've learned over the years balance doesn't really mean equal time, you mm-hmm. know, to every to each of these components. So I feel like I've gotten a grasp on on that. But the part that's sometimes hard, you know, I I, I guess I look at it more as it's an aspiration, that kind of balance and. I try, I guess, when it when I have a day or a moment, you know, when you have that moment, it doesn't all happen, at least for me, it doesn't happen a lot, but when I have that moment where I go, oh my gosh, like, this is one of those really great days. Like, I had it all together today. <laughs> I yeah, try to embrace it. Yeah. And then and you go like, play the lotto. <laughs> it, yes, exactly. And it's like, okay, I got it, but I got it. I have to, I feel like my what I really have to try to challenge myself to is, is being able to recognize that more often, mm-hmm. you know, and using cues. Like this is probably a totally stupid example, but this morning I was on a run, on a trail run, and I was so up in my own head that I went flying. <laughs> I hit 
something and I just flew and it's like, you know what? You can be up in your own head, but you got to stop, you know? And it was almost (laughs) like me flying forward and like sprawling was my reminder. Like, Oh, I was fine. I was fine. But it was, you know, like that reminder, stop. You know, Mm -hmm. like, you can't just allow that to go on. You have to have awareness, and it's constant. Like, you have to work at it, Mm -hmm. you know, and you have to be mindful and be able to kind of appreciate and and take stock in what you have. Um, And I think it all, it takes work for all of us to do that. Um, But I feel like I'm trying, you know, and trying to to stay aware and on top of that. I haven't gotten good at it yet, but... (laughs) But I'm working at the it, and I do think that this is, if the intention is there, uh-huh. and I think it's a you know a life a lifelong process, really. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for visiting with us today. I'm glad uh, my daughter's birthday's around the corner, so maybe I'll at least get her some American Girl books. Mm-hmm. Um, Yay! Save up for the dolls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Terrific. Terrific. Well, thanks again, and um, we look forward to running into Were you at Kansas City for the U.S. National Champion Championship? Figure oh, for the, um, yes. Mm-hmm. I go to national championships every year, and actually, I was my big trip this year was for the Olympics. So oh, I was gone. That was fun. that was a real test of balance because I was gone for three weeks. Oh my wow! Gosh. Um, so yeah, that was the longest I've been gone as mm-hmm. a parent. So that was that proved to be challenging, but I'm a sure. great experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, good. Okay. Well, I hope we you enjoy the rest of your day and stay on your feet. Thank you. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's one of those days. Yeah. Adjust the goals accordingly. <laughs> exactly. All right. Thank All you, right. guys. Bye, Queens. Thank you to our sponsor today, Sentimano Counseling. Sentimano Counseling is the premier perinatal mental health practice in Kansas City, treating mood disorders during pregnancy and postpartum, perinatal loss, infertility, eating, and exercise disorders. Go to Sentimano.com for further information about the practice and services. For additional information on today's topic and guests, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Fit for a Queen. And Hashtag don't. fit for a queen. And don't forget to rate us on iTunes. We can't wait for you to join us next time on Fit for a Queen. Bye, queens.